older than our man Wild Bill. He was Cupid earlier this year. It's got to be distracting shooting free throws. with Wild Bill. Um, <clears throat> I'm here with Kellen, as always. Update. And then we got a special guest for you. I'll, I'll bring him in here in just a minute. Um, but remember, we love we love the feedback. We love hearing what you guys have to say. Um, feedback can always go to aggielegends at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Um, hit us up. Let us know any stories that you want us to cover. If there's any legends, if you're a legend, if you know any legends, let us know. Let's let's get to it. Um, but speaking of legends, we got we got a monster with us today. <laughs> Just, I mean, be careful if he flexes on you, dude. I know you're you're gonna break in half. I saw him today, and I was like, oh, he still looks like he's in fighting condition right now, dude. I don't know if he can get out of fighting shape. This, <laughs> Come on now, ladies and gentlemen, Brady Jardine. Brady Jardine. How are you guys? Thanks for having me today. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks, man. And be careful flexing. I don't know if the mics can take it. Yeah. Um, oh boy. <laughs> Brady, Brady's a monster. If you if you've seen him, you know ever, then you'll know. If and you've if, been in Cash Valley, you've probably seen him. He yeah. towers over everybody. If you're an Aggie fan, you've He's, seen this yeah. guy putting you know putting people to shame on the just on the oh, boards yeah. and. <laughs> Yep, yep. I don't know clean ways to say dunking on people. I yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the thanks for days. being here. Yeah, yeah, the old days. We saw you up there today. Brady's in a tournament right now. We went and watched him play, and yeah. man, yeah, still got it, Brady. Yeah, I play once a year. I uh, <laughs> I play this tournament every but year. But you're preparing all year. for I prepare it, right? every year, and I just pray my only goal is that I don't get hurt. Yeah, so if absolutely. I can get through this and not embarrass myself by throwing a fit and not get hurt, then I'm in great shape. There you go. That's, that's a goal. That's a good goal. Win, lose, or draw. I just don't want to. Embarrass me, myself me and, and Bill have the same goal, but when we're golfing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't have that goal because I embarrass myself on the golf course oh. every time I'm there. Well, so. That's why I just golf with Kellen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, neither of us are going to put the other. Yeah. Show and knows, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like we can tell everybody the good things, which is usually you know one or two, and then we just leave out all. <laughs> Isn't of that, that what golf is? One yeah. or two yeah. swings yeah. you come back for. Exactly. Exactly. You expect any more? You hate the game. Yeah, for sure. Perfect, man. Well, Brady, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about life. Um, look, growing up, I know where you're from, but let's tell everyone where you're from. Yeah, so I uh, I was born in Phoenix. Uh, I was in Phoenix till I was just a couple years old, and then we my parents picked up and moved to Twin Falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I graduated from Twin Falls High School. Uh, lived in the same house my entire life. Uh, my parents lived there until just a few years ago, and they moved to another home in Twin. So. Twins always been where I where I started, where I grew up, where I played sports and hunted and fished and yep. 
getting all the things that I love to do, and yeah, it was an awesome place for me. And big fish, big we, fish. We yeah. always talk about the sturgeon. Yeah, we don't care about the trout. No, we use trout for bait. Yeah. So yeah. if it's not eight feet or nine feet, we don't get too excited about it anymore. Yeah. But oh, we man. love the sturgeon fish. I, I, my one of my favorite places in the world is Snake River Canyon. You know, yeah. I hear yep. people all the time say how ugly Twin Falls is, and I think you don't no know what's way. even there. Just keep driving. Yeah. We don't want you there anyways. Yeah. Just keep going. So yeah, they have no business there. No business. So yeah. it's a beautiful place. It was good to me. You know. Lots of different diversity from a uh, cultural and, and religion and all those backgrounds. And so I got to make lots of friends in different worlds, and it was awesome. Really That's loved cool. Twin. Yeah, I, I drive through there frequently. I always go fish the, the Boise River up in Boise, the Oahe oh, yeah. in Oregon. Yeah. I have a lot of friends there, and I love Twin. I have some friends that live there. Um, yeah, that's awesome area. I love. It. I've never caught a sturgeon though. I've seen your pictures on Facebook, and I'm jealous every time. One of these days, Brady, we keep talking about it. I want to yeah. get up there with you. Well, one of these days, Bill, you're just going to text me and say, "Let's go." We I see know. each other and say, "Let's go fish," and I say, "You call me and we'll go." But I don't ever get that call. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's my you know, fault. And if you just call me and say, "Let's go," we can be up there in two Let's, and a half hours and yeah. catching some fish. Oh, We'd man. love to take you. Oh, yeah, it's a great gosh. time. And you and your dad has a fishing boat, right? Yeah. So he he goes back and forth with boats. He gets a jet boat and keeps it for a few years and gets bored and buys a new one. And so he's all. <laughs> He's got a boat of some kind, so yeah, that's cool. We've got a boat. You can catch them from the shore in a few places. How, and, how is oh it catching gosh. those things from the shore? Uh, if it's a big one, you're in trouble. Um, <laughs> you know, a four, five, six footer, no big deal. I mean, it'll it'll take you 15, 20 minutes probably. But you know, I caught a nine plus footer uh, a few years ago in our jet boat with five or six guys in it, yeah. and it pulled that jet boat for forty five minutes. Oh so my if you hook into it. a big one, you can't catch them from the shore. Yeah, I've seen river monsters. He chases white sturgeon and a couple other. And I was shocked at how big they are and, like, yeah. how much time that takes. Like, well, and what people wow. don't realize is that, you know, it takes sturgeon 20 years to grow their first four feet. Oh, and really? then 20 years to grow every two to three. So if you catch a oh seven, eight-foot sturgeon, that's a 60-, 70-year-old fish. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. So that's they're protected. Insane. It's cool. Yeah. They're like dinosaurs. They, yeah. they don't smell fishy. They feel like a dolphin. Oh, on really? The, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know really that. Cool. And on the snake, you can't keep them any oh, size, no. right? No, you're not even supposed to take them out of the water for pictures. Yeah. So, so you just keep them in the water at the surface and take a picture yeah. and let yeah. them go. And I know up uh, up on the Columbia, there's a certain size you yeah. can keep. Yeah. yeah, you can get a tag and keep like one or two a year. Yeah. I don't have any interest in keeping them. I don't, I've I heard mean, they're delicious. I'd I'm like sure to, it is. I'd like well, to try them. Well, it's their caviar that's really yeah. popular yeah. is their... Their eggs, that's why they're protected now is because they, their caviar became so valuable. We're talking about fishing now. This is my kind of podcast. Me too. <laughs> Me too. We Who all, cares we about all sports? Love it. We'll, we'll go right. to, maybe we'll talk about caviar and that's eggs right. later. Well, but, hey, uh, but you, can, you can't talk to Brady without I know, talking true. about hunting and fishing. That's yeah, what I do. That's me, yeah, yes. I, yeah, I live that. to be outdoors outside of my family and church. If I've got a spare second, I'm going to be up in the mountains hunting yeah, or fishing. Fair and, you got a turkey tag? Did you already fill that? Uh, I've got a turkey tag. I'm, t- I'm waiting to take my five-year-old daughter with me, oh, so we're going to take her out next week week but uh i'm actually headed to spain next month well actually this month now in three weeks i'm gonna go see jc carroll over there you're gonna do some red stag we're gonna go hunt ibex oh Oh, cool then i'm going to the yukon in september to hunt moose and sheep and so i live to get out and do those types of things yeah Yeah, i keep talking to jc about it one of these days i'd like to get over there spain visit him and and do some uh, hunting all day. He said there's great hunting, too. Yeah, it, yeah, the mountains are beautiful. It's it's an unbelievable place. So I'm excited. That's what I like to do and like yeah. to get out. And, yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I grew up in Idaho, Preston, uh, so barely Idaho. But <laughs> yeah. I still go back there to hunt, and I buy a combination tag or a license every year because I just I sure. prefer hunting there over Utah any day. Personally. Absolutely. No yeah. offense to any Hey, I, lo- I love people, them both. I do. I, I did you like, fish I Utah more the, than anything, but that's because that's love where it I live. All. So what brought you from Twin to Utah State? Who was who was the recruiting you? How did how did you even hear about Utah State? 
Yeah, so it was, uh, it was an interesting process. The recruiting process is a weird game. Um, I got my first college offer as a sophomore. Uh, college of Southern Idaho, the local, local junior college, offered me a full ride as a sophomore. Uh, played in the big tournaments all summer in Vegas and things, and that's where the, you know, the Division I coaches come and watch. Uh, I played really well there. My junior year, I played really well. Um, and then I went and played in some of those big tournaments again between my junior and senior year. Um, and I came up, I had a family contact. I hadn't actually heard anything from Utah State. Uh, I'd heard from BYU and Utah and Boise State and Washington State and lots of the, lo- you know, the regional Division yeah. One schools. But I hadn't heard from Utah State. And so a family friend called Stu and said, I think I've got a kid you need to see. Um, so I came down to, Stu had me come down and work at camp. And then after camps, you know, they play pickup ball. We call it rat ball. Yeah. Um, and they let me play rat ball with them for a few days. And after the, I think it was a three-day camp, uh, Stu called me up to his office and offered me a full ride. Wow. Um, and after that, I was driving home. And from the time I left Logan to the time I got to Twin, I had offers from Boise State, Utah, and Washington State. So <laughs> it was just, I, I don't know how they heard, but it was like as soon as the first offer came, they, they, they started to come. Wow. Um, so what, what drew you here? Why did The I spectrum. Mean, oh, really? The yeah. spectrum. Um, you know, they, I, I came on two... I what years? Two, what year was, were these? So this is 2005, 2004, 2005. I graduated 2006, so four and five. Uh, they had me out to a game before Stu offered me in my junior year, um, and I got to come watch BYU at home and Nevada oh, at home. Oh, oh my so, god! Two great games. Two great games. I mean, you know the spectrum. Spectrum of old. Yeah. It's coming back finally, which is great. But spectrum of old, and you sit that as a potential player, and I don't know how there's any way in the world you go play anywhere else. Right. Um, you know, from a religious and cultural back uh, background, Logan had what I wanted. Um, my parents and grandparents have always been very supportive, and it was only two hours and twenty minutes yeah. to my house, so oh, they, they could come games. to games. Yeah. They could come watch. And your grandparents were all the games. Um, I think my parents and grandparents in four years missed one game, and it was because my little brother was in the state championship playing yep. at Boise. I think I remember hearing that. So actually. I, uh, I, because I love your grandpa was hilarious. He's fantastic. He's. I loved meeting him, and in every game, you know, I'd, I'd look for him and chat with him because he always. I'd love to watch him cheer. Oh, he, he's <laughs> he's always been a big a, a big man, you know. But yes. outside of being big physically, he's always been big for me in my life. He's yeah. been one of my best friends. He's supported me in everything I've done. He's taught me how to talk to people and how to have relationships. He's one of the most social people you'll ever meet. And, uh, yes, I can see that. You know, out. you tie all that in, and it was an easy decision. In fact, uh, Stu Stu was a pretty good uh, car salesman. A little bit, you know, he gave me like a three week deadline to oh, to really? commit. And I realized when I got home that the deadline he gave me was the day before I went and played in the big-time tournament in Vegas where all the scouts were. And so, you know, I went back and forth, and and actually driving to Vegas, I called and committed. And uh, it was kind of funny, you know, Stu and the assistant sat at all my games. Well, that was the best tournament I ever played in. Oh, really? Uh, There was like 400 teams in the tournament, and I was in the top 25 scores in the whole tournament, played out of my mind, and had all these coaches coming out of the woodworks. And Uh Stu sat there. He's like, no, he's recruited. You know, we're done. So (laughs) it was, I, I I was grateful. You know, yeah. Stu was Stu was great to me. Um, I was great <laughs> grateful that I committed, and it's been a blessing, no doubt about awesome. it. Awesome, absolutely. And then went on a mission. Yeah, so yeah, so committed. Uh, went on a mission for two years to San Antonio, Texas. Uh, huge blessing there. You know that changed my life. I wanted to be an eye surgeon before I left. 
uh, came home, actually was served closely with my mission president, who was a big asset manager in Salt Lake, investment financial planner. Uh, came back, dropped all my pre-med classes. Uh, that ended up changing my whole direction. I got degrees from Utah State in finance and economics, uh, a financial planning uh, certificate from University of Texas, San Antonio, and then a okay. CFP designation, certified financial planning designation from College of Financial Planning. And that mission changed my whole direction of life, and it's been wow, the most cool. unbelievable awesome. blessing. So. Yeah, I went on a mission, then came home. I got home middle of July 2008, uh, and I was at Utah State three or four days later. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I remember when you came up. We had a lot of yeah. fun. We it did was, have a lot of fun. Brady was quite the uh, – he was fun, I'll say that. <laughs> we hung out quite a bit. We, we did we, hang we, out quite we, a bit. We had know, a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. That was back in my days of drinking, and, and Brady would <laughs> – Brady would find me if I was drunk and he'd punch me in the arm or if I was <laughs> he'd hey did you there. drink over the weekend well of course and then he punched me in the arm I knew Bill's background and I knew what he shouldn't be shouldn't be doing right. so <laughs> I told him that there was punishments and yeah. you know blessings based on obedience and he wasn't obeying those laws and so he paid for it and there was a few kind of I kind of felt bad a few times actually <laughs> yeah you know? I'm telling you Brady looks big but he hits harder like <laughs> as big as he looks he hits he hits twice his size worth man look at you've never forgotten that. It obviously, no, it obviously helped. There you go. It, yeah, it's left an impact for sure. <laughs> yeah. But no, we, we had a lot of good times. In fact, one time, remember we were we were playing donuts, spinning donuts in the parking lot. Yeah, that was kind of a rough week for me, actually. <laughs> You'd been pulled over a couple times. It was uh, Christmas break my freshman yes. year, and we had to stay, and I think you were the only other person in the world that was still on campus. <laughs> and I got pulled over. Th- I never got a speeding ticket, and I got pulled over three times in that week. Yeah, I got pulled over God. for turning left on Darwin Avenue, because who doesn't turn yeah, left on Darwin Avenue? Yes. yes. Right? Because got, it's annoying. It's annoying. No, and it was like midnight yeah, on Christmas gonna, break. Yeah, who's going to So the only other there. person there was the police officer so he pulled me over for that then the same police officer pulled me over like two nights later going down aggie boulevard or whatever it is speeding and he warned me a second time and then the third time bill had the bright idea of spinning donuts in the football stadium parking lot (laughs) and we started doing it and looked here comes the police officer it's the same cop (laughs) no way Cop pulled me over three times and he said brady i don't care i can't remember what he said i don't care if it's your birthday or christmas day next time i'm writing you up (laughs) and i'm taking you to jail and we'll see how well Stu likes that and so (laughs) it was uh it was good fun (laughs) do you know which officer it was i don't remember honestly i was really close with a lot of the officers but it was i got i got to be good friends with them (laughs) I think it it turned into a joke for him. I think he was just trying to see if he could catch me a fourth time. He probably was just following him with the lights off. Well, he told us that the the football stadium parking lot was State Highway because the state owned it, and he could put me in jail for reckless driving and all this stuff. I remember that. I'm like, yeah, that probably wouldn't go over very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, but either way, let's not change it. Either way, I didn't get pulled over again that week. Third time was the charm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Finally. That was a fun time. College, man, heck of a time. So. Yeah. Let's talk a little about college, yeah. uh, your your experience playing and just sure. on court, off court. You met your wife at Utah sure. State, yeah. Um, Jenna, and she played volleyball, right? She was a walk on. Yeah, she played cool. volleyball for a year for the Aggies, and then ended up deciding, you know, that not getting paid to play was a, it's a lot of work and a lot of time to for still sure. have to keep the grades to keep, you know, scholarships from an education standpoint. So she only played for a year, but she loved it. Um, you know, college was a, it was a blessing. It was, uh, a ton of fun. I mean, yeah. you know, good friends, good times, you right. know, talked about a few, few specific instances, but there's <laughs> a million of them we could talk about. Um, you know, I think the greatest thing about Utah state was the close knit student body. Um, it's not a commuter school. It's nope. not right. a, yeah. you know, there's 20,000 students and they're all right on top of each other and everybody kind of gets to know everybody. And, 
I felt like there was within about two people, you knew everybody. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you knew someone that knew someone that knew someone, and that was all. Yeah, 20, the degrees of separation students. were very, they're yeah. minimal at Utah State, for sure. Yeah. And Logan in general. But yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Logan yeah. in general. And, and it's nice because, you know, I feel like that added to the spectrum um, atmosphere, the no magic, because people, they might have met you once or might not have even met you, but they, their best friend knows you or yeah. something like that. So everybody's there to support this team of guys that are there all the yeah. time. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's like you're watching your your brothers, your best yeah. friends, and cousins yeah. play play a bunch of ball. I think it was absolutely that way. I mean, you know, there was the the herd, you know, Matt Sonnenberg. I know that you're yeah. going to do a podcast with him. I mean, there was a group of guys that, that were passionate about it, and, and when game day was there, they were out getting people recruited. Yeah. And, you know, it was never a question of if people were going to show up, which yeah. as a player, I mean, you knew it was going to be a sold-out stadium almost every night. Yeah. You knew it was going to be loud. You knew it was going to be fun. <laughs> um, you know, that was a, playing in the Spectrum was an unbelievable experience. Uh, I miss it, you know. Yeah. People ask if right. I miss basketball. I don't miss the lifestyle. You know, that was a great time in my life. But, you know, eight hours a day of sports was just a uh, – do, How did you balance balance basketball and schoolwork? Because I, I know you guys would be – you'd get to be on road trips and, yeah. like, and you got good grades. And I don't know how – I don't know how it's possible. <laughs> I got bad grades, and I wasn't in sports. <laughs> he was just hanging out with you guys. Well, I, I think fortunately, you know, growing up, I my I knew that grades were important, and I knew that basketball for me was going to end. I knew that I wasn't going to be a top-level NBA player. Uh, I was hoping to be able to play some level of professional basketball for a short stint, but I knew that grades were going to be what had to carry me. Uh, and it was hard. You know, I got degrees in finance and economics through Utah State. Uh, and like you say, during league, every other week, we're gone for five days. Yeah. And the teachers didn't care. I mean, you know, it was – I mean, they, they'd help you. They'd respond to emails. But it wasn't like, oh, you're an athlete. We're going to make it easy for you. Right. Yeah. And so, for sure. Which, which you didn't want. Yeah. Uh, you didn't want that. So, you know, it was hard. We'd go on the road, and lots of guys would get together and play Xbox in, the, in a hotel room. And instead of doing that, you had to be disciplined and go, go into your own room, close the door, and get the books Excellent. out and yeah. study. Um, I was sense. fortunate they do provide some tutors, so I'd come back, you know, for my calc classes and some of my stats classes and things. I could sit with a tutor for several hours to learn the material that I had missed in class. Uh, and so without those things, it would have been really, really hard. But it was just having to put forth the effort to do it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Had to. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, and you got you got quite known for your dunks on the court. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, I remember a few. <laughs> I mean, one of my most memorable ones, you weren't even in the spectrum. You were at St. Mary's. I bet people, people probably talk to you <laughs> about that. about that one every once in a while. Yeah. 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 I mean, because people will talk to me about that one still. <laughs> you know, because I'll be down. I live in Salt Lake now, and, and when I'm down there, and people will say, you know, oh, uh, you know, you, did you ever meet Brady Jardine? Like, yeah, I know Brady. He's a buddy. Oh, what about that St. Mary's dunk? Yeah, like, <laughs> I know. You know, I, I halfway wonder if that dunk wouldn't have happened if I would have ever been remembered because that's oh, the one that everybody no, talks was, about. But There were a but, couple. I don't remember the specific teams we were playing, but I remember the first time it registered, like, who you were. I don't remember. It would have probably been 2009 maybe, but there was a putback dunk in the spectrum, and it was in the first half because we were going that direction, and I just remember thinking, like, who is that? Like it reminded me of like when when Justin Bean had his putback dunk this year that I was like, 
well, that kid can jump. Like, yeah. like where did he come from? That's kind of what I felt like when I saw that. And then from then on, I was a Brady Jardine fan. In fact, I think you might have served in a mission with one of my buddies from high school. He was in the okay. San Antonio mission. Yeah. David okay. Westerberg was his name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh-huh. a good friend okay. of mine. So, yeah, so he was always hyping. He's like, dude, this guy I knew on my mission, he's playing okay. for the Aggies. And I was like, I hear that a lot, and I never see him on the court. Like, that <laughs> happens a lot. Like, yeah. I had friends I knew that were, like, walking on. But, like, that's one of the hardest things you can do in sports, especially sure. with a 12 man roster you know but then Brady comes out of nowhere and I was like oh this guy is legit <laughs> I'll tell you my favorite part about that dunk you're talking about because I have that one blown up in a great big picture oh, in my trophy really? room yeah. and the reason I like it is because I'm dunking on two people and one of them's Ty Wesley <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, uh, I love it I, you know I was I was bigger and stronger then and kind of cut so my arms are all flexed and it's right on top of Ty's oh, head and so awesome. that's why it's my favorite <laughs> I uh, take picture I'm gonna take a picture of that when I go home and text it you to him it. Like, remember yeah, when you, you got dunked on yeah so that was uh no, that was a good time. I, growing up, for whatever reason, I worked hard, but I could always jump when I was uh, young. My first dunk was a sophomore in high school, and I got the nickname Crazy Legs is what my AAU team started to call me. And, uh, Dang, dude. That was, that, was, that was what you know, made me successful. I wasn't, I wasn't the best shooter. I wasn't the best ball handler, but my athleticism let me compete with bigger guys. Right. Um, you know, I was an energy type. I tried Always to be tough and tried to be strong yeah. and do things that way. And so, and you were a force. You were definitely a force down there. So were you a four or were you a five? Well, when I was recruited, I was a three. Oh, really? You so were recruited as a three? At high school, I was a three. And uh, I, left, I graduated high school 6'6", 180, and I came back 6'8", 235. Wow. And so when I got home, you know, Stu looked at me, and he's like – and he had me trying to guard Pooh Williams on the wing, and I couldn't guard Pooh Williams right. on the wing. He's fast, yeah. You know, I mean, I just couldn't guard a, a Division One three anymore because of my height and weight and yeah. things. And so uh, he put me at the four, and that was a foreign world. Uh, I hated it for a while. Really? I'd never played with my back to the basket. I'd never oh, caught yeah. a ball with the, my back to the basket ever. Um, you know, and so I think there were some days that Stu was thinking, what in the world are you doing? And I thought, I don't know what the crap I'm doing either. (laughs) Teach me. I'm like, teach me. I don't have a clue. I caught the ball and I couldn't see the basket and I couldn't see where the defenders were and I hated it. So I ended up being a four. Um, you know, it got to a point that Ty and I would play four and five together. And so it was kind of interchangeable. So it didn't really matter all that much, but, uh, played mainly the four. So, um, how did how did you learn it? Was it was there other big men that taught you, or was it just lots of trial there? You just figured it out. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you, they, they, they'd help me, but you know, Stu would scream at me, "Slow down, Jardine!" And I I couldn't understand what that meant. And it took years to learn what he meant when he he'd, he'd yell, "Slow down!" Because the game's going so fast, but you got to get mature enough and you've got to be comfortable enough that the game can slow down around you, even though it's moving fast. So mentally, you can kind of see what's going on. And it just took a lot of time. You know, I made stupid mistakes as a freshman and a sophomore, and it's just an, a learning curve that you got to get over, and it just took time. And yeah, I mean, I had good mentors, obviously. Obviously, I got to play against Ty and Gary every day, and yeah. and things, and that's what they did. They but played they're, they're kind of soft, though. Those oh, they're guys. so soft, man. I, s- yeah. <laughs> in fact, I'm about to go work Gary here in a, play, in a tournament game we're playing in, in an <laughs> yeah. hour, so hopefully we can still do that. <laughs> no, soft. no they, they were not soft, you know. At that time, Ty was probably 235, 240 playing, and I, I played at 211. Yeah. Oh, and really? And so have that 30, 40 pounds makes all the difference in the world, especially guarding a guy like Ty. He'd yeah. beat the crap out of me every day. And Yeah. yeah. Well, he was mean. I was just he, he was mean. aggressive. Yeah. He had a short he was, We were borderline fist fights most days. I remember. He and I would go at it. So yeah. Well, we, it was good. <laughs> and uh, I remember when you had broken your nose and had the mask my on. My cheek. Oh, your cheek. I shattered my cheekbone. That's right. And oh then, my gosh, and then Ty was, had broken Ty his nose. Ty broke his nose. Yeah. And then 
Uh, was it you that broke his nose with your elbow? No, I think – well, I don't know. I think I might have broke his nose once. He broke his nose all the time. If he got touched, it was like paper and it would break. So, yeah. you know – Soft. They talked about how tough he was, but his nose was soft. Uh, no, his I, nose was soft. His nose was soft. No, I got, I got an elbow. I go for a ball at San Jose and got an elbow in the cheek that broke my, oh, my yeah. cheekbone. And Ty got his broke – I want to say it was against New Mexico State. It was against New Mexico oh, State. Yeah. It was Gibson, I think, that broke his nose. And then he rebroke it in the WAC tournament, and that's when the fight about started. Yeah, I so, remember that. Yeah. Um, Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? I remember you guys were on the road. I don't remember where you were playing, but there was they, they were showing the, the pregame warm-up, and Ty's looking over there, and somebody throws the ball at Ty. It hits him right in the nose <laughs> oh, on that gosh. broken nose. I think I might have thrown that pass, I think, actually. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> oh, was that me? I think that I might have been me. I, I kind of, I don't, I, if it was me, I blocked it out because I vaguely remember throwing that ball, but I'm not sure if that I'm was me I'm pretty sure not. it was because we always, <laughs> we always joke about it. Well, the, the one that they always joke about was the last practice before the NCAA tournament my freshman year, and the idiots had the gun set up that would rebound the ball and, and then shoot it back to you. Uh-huh. Well, Stu told us to get on the baseline to run our last sprints of the year, and some idiot threw a ball in the gun. <laughs> and I went, it was on the baseline we were running from, and I went and bent over, and the ball shot out of it and hit me square in the face oh, from about three feet full God. speed. And that was one of the few times in my whole career I even saw Stu laugh. He about choked on his no. whistle, and I was pissed about it because it hit me square in the face. But oh, no, that it is was, awesome. yeah, we had lots of good memories. One of the best memories I had playing was uh, our junior year. You know, Brian Green oh, isn't BG. the most impressive looking body on the no. basketball court, right. but no. he's probably my favorite teammate I've ever played with. And, really? Because uh, oh, he loads them up, man. He loads them up, and he's a <laughs> mean sucker. That. And he, he and I would talk trash to each other. And it Did, was a, he can he can move his mouth. That's he can for move sure. his mouth faster <laughs> than he moves his feet. Right, right. You know, we were at uh, we had a road game uh, or a road trip against San Jose in Hawaii. And we showed up, and the 12 students for the San Jose you know, team, they didn't have very many fans, decided to single Brian out and to make some posters for him. Oh. Well, they called him a hobbit, and they called him a few other things. <laughs> and knowing Brian, that didn't sit well, obviously. Right, yeah, and Brian yeah. flipping went off. He, I think he had 30 points that game or something. Yep. He, then we went to Hawaii, and he still carried he, the chip. And that was a game that he, uh, he, he hit a three at the buzzer to go to overtime. Yep. He hit a three at the buzzer to go into double oh, overtime. Yes. And then he yep. hit a three to win it. Yep. Uh, and he ended up having like 30 points both games. And I, I just loved it. You know, he was a mean <laughs> sucker. And all you had yeah. to do was get your mouth running at him just a little bit. And oh, it's for game sure. on. Yeah, Game I on. loved watching. He would get the fans going in the spectrum because he, he was very emotional with his face. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, the spectrum, you're sitting on top of the court. And anytime anything happened that he didn't like, yeah. the fans were just immediately had his back. Like, yeah. immediately were like, yeah. okay, they could see he was upset. So we were too. I played with some unbelievable guys, but Brian Green sits at the top of if any team I ever played on, he was my favorite teammate. In fact, he's on my team today, and we still talk oh, yeah. trash to each other. So, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's he good was to have that, that, that camaraderie that kind of like, you, you give each other crap, but it oh. fires you up. And it takes you to your next level. Yeah. We, so, you know, and I, I probably shouldn't admit this, but we had a club, and, and people would always ask, and we would never say. We would put our hands in a sign of a W and point it to each other all the time. And uh, we had a club that we started at one point in time called the WeFo Group. And we got frustrated. You know, coming off the bench all the time, it's hard. You know, you, you fill your role, you do those things. But the WeFo group stood for ones that freaking over. And, <laughs> and every once in a while, you know, every once in a while, we'd look at each other and just hold up the W sign when practice was brutal or things happened. And so we still say WeFo today, you know, WeFo, what's up, buddy? And was, was, awesome. it, was it just you two? It was just it? us. It was okay. just you and I had our secret combinations. <laughs> and and uh, everyone would ask, and we'd never tell anybody what it meant. WeFo, there it is. That's awesome. WeFo. We had a great time. I mean, we loved it. But there's, you had to keep each other going. 
Yeah. Seasons yeah. would get long. Practices would get long. You'd get tired of coaches yelling at you. You'd get tired of the whole process. And you just had to have guys to pick you up and keep going. And we always yeah. had those guys. It was yeah. awesome. How was it, uh, how was it playing for Stu? Uh, was he as, was he as intense as he looked? Yes. I mean, yeah, he was, you know, I, um, playing for Stu. So Stu ran a very systematic approach to basketball, you know, and I think that some guys fit really well in that system. And some guys it's more difficult for me. It was more difficult because for my athleticism, I'm better to be able to run and jump and fast break and those types of things. It took a lot of getting used to, you know, but one thing that I can, one of the things I can say about Stu is he knew how to win. Yeah. And no one wanted to win more than him. And I yeah. always respected that. You know, he, uh, um, he respect, I respected a lot of things about Stu. He was never derogatory to a person. I mean, he, you know, he would never say how bleep and soft you were or this or that or call you out personally. You know, he'd say, don't, don't be soft or don't do this. But he'd never attack you personally, which I really respected. Um, but what I respected most is that dude wanted to win. Yeah, and yeah. he put the time in. I, you know, I never saw him have a lot of joy in the process because I think that once the game was over, his mind was just immediately to the next one, which was fine. That's kind of what you had to do. The goal was always win the next game. You know, and I'll be honest, and Stu will probably listen to this. I, uh, um, I've got to see Stu quite a bit after career, after sports, and I've got to see a little bit of a different side of him. And I wish I could have seen a little bit more of that when we played because yeah. he's a great guy. Yeah, and, and I yeah, always knew he was a great guy, but it was very business related. It was very, you know. Very well, I've seen him smile a lot because he'll absolutely. come to games, he'll yeah. laugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but I mean, and he's always with Vicky, now, and Vicky's just the nicest. She's lady. fantastic, nicest. You know, lady. I, I just remember though. I remember people would show up and they'd be like, "Man, Stu was so funny at the coach's luncheon today," and I'm like. He was, what? Who? Who are you talking <laughs> about? Who are you talking about? Like, come on. Because then he'd show up at practice, and as soon as he walked down the tunnel, it was flipping yeah. game on. But he's a great guy, you know. And I think that his personality was just he just kept – he kept the basketball and the personal life very separate. Yeah. You know, he knew how to win, and he knew what it took. He got the best out of people. You know, we, we were very under – sized, uh, very unathletic compared to most teams that we played. You look at the Fresno States of the world with Paul yeah, George, yep. uh, yeah. you know, Paul George, um, Greg Smith. Uh, they have three or four guys. I mean, Paul George is a top five player yeah. in the NBA now. Yeah. Yeah. They had three guys on their team that have ginormous NBA contracts, Tyler Johnson, and we worked them. I mean, yeah. and it happened over and over. We beat Nevada's with the Luke Babbitts and the yeah. Armand Johnsons of the world. Uh, and we did that because Stu knew how – from a scientific approach, how to slow the game down, how to make it ugly, how to use guys that weren't as big and athletic, that were mean, to beat guys that were much more athletic and skilled. He was a, he was a master of the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know that any – there's very many coaches in the history of college basketball that will be remembered uh, as, a, as, as a doctor or scientist of the game, if you will, than Stu was. Yeah. Yep. He knew well, how to do it. On that note, I, I, I want to ask a question kind of in, in that regard. Is there a what, – what was halftime like if you're down – was he was he intense in the locker room or was it more like just stick to the was program? He intense even if you were winning, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I mean, what was what was the halftime like? And if so, like, what's one of your more memorable halftime moments? The most memorable halftime moment, and I'll never forget it, was at La Tech, and I don't remember if it was my sophomore or my junior year. We it was ugly, and I think it was like nineteen to eighteen at halftime. Oh. I think I think that was the score, but that was what La Tech did. They had uh, Magnum Roll, who was oh, like a six yeah. eleven oh, yeah. big, big athlete. Boy. Um, they had three or four. Were you just, going up against him? Well, I mean, yeah, he was one of their posts, and they had two or three others that were just big bangers and athletic. And I think it was nineteen to eighteen or twenty to eighteen at halftime, and. Stu came in and said some things I probably shouldn't say on a podcast. <laughs> stormed out of the locker room, and then he came back in. He chucked his clipboard and said a few more things I can't 
say and walked back out. And we all just kind of looked at each other, like not exactly sure how we were supposed to respond. And then <laughs> right. Tim Durier, after about a few seconds, he goes, guys, but all things said and done, we're still winning. It's okay. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, it was, um, but no, Stu, you know, he was, uh, he would come in again. He was a, he was a scientist of the game. He would see what was happening. He'd have his stat sheet right there. He could see what needed to take place. Uh, if there was a guy that was killing us, we'd make a, a plan to stop that guy. If something was working well on offense, we'd talk about how we were going to continue to do it. Um, you know, he was intense, but he was only he was only intense scream and yell when I think when he felt like we weren't giving the effort we needed to or were making lots of mistakes or stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, he was always on our side. And it and it took me time to realize that, but I, I found that Stu was always on our side. You know, he wanted it as bad as we did. He didn't always show it in the same way. But uh no, it was he was intense when he needed to be. Um he was you know, positive when he could be. Um so I think just about like any coach would be, right. you know. Yeah, That's awesome. I remember a few halftime. Yeah, that were kind of fun. <laughs> I, awesome. I, I I still remember a, my freshman year. We played Nevada at home, and I stole a ball. I I, I hedged a screen and stole a ball and went down and uh, had it a contested layup, and I missed it right at the buzzer. And I went in, and students looked at me and said a few things and said, "Would you just make a freaking layup?" And you know, and I and I just like I felt like the smallest person in the world at the time. But there's a few specific instances that you remember really well, and yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's good memories. It's all good. That's awesome. Yeah, I I've, I loved to watch him on the sides oh. um, when he would get going. You know, he's yeah. very animated. Yeah. Monster, yeah, one time. monster, one down. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like that was. We, I loved it. I, I loved watching watching him. I felt like he could fire you guys up pretty well. Yeah. Well, like I say, he got he got what should have been under underachievers or not underachievers. He got guys that weren't as big and fast yeah. to over to outperform to overachieve. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he did, and that's why he was so successful. That's why you could have a bunch of slow six six guys out there running around and winning basketball games mm-hmm. because he would get the best out of you and. And like you say, he was animated. He built he built the spectrum to what it is. I mean, I know yeah. the spectrum of old. They talk about it being you know being crazy in the Tarkanian days and those types of things. But you know, Stu ran a whatever sixteen eighteen year period of time yeah. at Utah State. He built the dynasty there. I think he'll. I, I hope at some point the gym's named after him. You yeah, know, exactly. I thought the same thing. I think that sure. he deserves that. He built that program. He, he made it a national. A nationally known program. I think they call the floor the moral court, and the stadium stays just the Smith spectrum after Craig retires. That's my Smith had an unbelievable year this year, but we yeah. need Smith to stay around a few. That's more what I'm years. saying. That's yeah. I'm hoping that's yeah, what we. That we happens, we'd so. like to see him. On that note, around. did you follow this year's team? Every and, game. Yeah. yeah, I went to every game. Watched most games. Uh, that we're on the road. Um, I'm an Aggie diehard through and through. Right. I, Absolutely. If there's an Aggie game, that's what I look forward to watching right. and going Did you, to. You went down to Vegas? I didn't go to Vegas. We had just barely had a baby. Oh, that's so right. We oh, had a baby right. two weeks before, and uh, I didn't feel good about leaving my wife with a five-year-old, <laughs> a three-year-old, and a newborn. So oh, I watched geez. every game but, on TV. But you brought him to the last home game. You brought him to the Nevada game. I had – so – I, I that was a great game to break him into. I had I had my uh, how old yeah how old was he? He would have been he like was, two weeks. Yeah, I seriously. had my two week old baby at the home Nevada game, and uh, I had earmuffs on, and I got some nasty looks from people, but I didn't really care. Um, I told my wife when I woke up Saturday morning of that game, 
Well, first off, we played San Diego, whatever it was, Tuesday or Wednesday night. Beat a good San Diego team at home. The spectrum was starting to come back. Yeah. You know, the spectrum yeah. sucked. To be completely honest, it has not been itself for the last few years. Yeah. And on that Tuesday, Wednesday, you could feel it coming back. And I told a couple of buddies I go to lunch with, if we can beat San Diego, I said Saturday can be an epic, you know, top 10 yes. spectrum type game. Yeah. Yes. We beat San Diego, and then here came the students. And they were lined up <laughs> like days of old. And I woke up Saturday morning, and I said, Jenna, I had butterflies. Because yeah. Nevada was always my favorite game. I loved yeah. To play oh, yeah. Nevada. Yes. I always played well. I always loved to play against them. It was always an unbelievable atmosphere at home or on the road. And I told Jenna, if everything goes well in 18 or 19 years, we're going to be watching Cal play Nevada tonight. I'm like, if everything goes perfect, that's my baby boy, Callahan. I said, if everything goes perfect, we're going to be watching Cal tonight. And then I took him to that game, and I was so nervous the whole time. And I turned to Jenna at halftime. I'm like, I hope Cal hates basketball or he's no good. I'm like, if my son's down there playing right now, I couldn't oh, even man. watch it. I'd have to walk out of this place because I couldn't take it. Yep, you I know, can imagine. But that was unbelievable. That was the spectrum of old again. It was. It was fun. It was the last home game of the year. And oh, so I'm, I'm hoping that uh, – hoping that that's what the students remember, that they come back full speed next year to support the guys because when the spectrum's that way, it's fun for everybody. Yeah, it, it is. Fun yeah. for the community, and, fun for everybody. I mean, look, they had the season ticket holders start showing up because yeah. they want to watch the students. And, and, yeah. and what are we doing in Logan, Utah, in those cold winter nights? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Get you know, home. I'll be honest, it's been really frustrating as a former player to see how quickly the momentum dies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I th- I've thought a lot about what that is, and fans are fickle, first and foremost. They want to watch a winning team. You know, we had a couple tough years. Uh, we have our diehards. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. got, We've got, we our got diehards. the people that are there Regardless, thick and thin. Thick and thin, they're there. But, you know, our student section, we had a 1,000 students there. And students that are listening to this, there's nothing else for you to be doing. You know, yeah. Yeah. get off flipping social media, turn off your phones, get off the Xbox, and go have some fun because those memories are what you're going to remember through college. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, what I remember. It's that's it's all good. I remember. You know, some I don't remember so much. Yeah, but. some you, some you are having a hard time standing on that banister after the, <laughs> the basket. But I know there was a few times that you had to be held up from behind. But, yeah, I was just saying, he's told me those. But uh, yeah. no, it's when the spectrum's that way, like you say. I mean, I've got some season tickets, and after last year, I. I called and I said, I want better season tickets and I want double what I've got. You know, I want to bring clients. I want to yeah. bring friends. Yeah. Um, and so it, the momentum comes back, I think, pretty quick. But I agree. It's taken some time. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about getting some – the last home game, uh, the Nevada game we're talking about. I had um, – oh, let's see. That section right next to uh, F. Is it – on the diagonal? G, or? yeah, where Ron Smaley's tickets are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at the very last row, the very top. Yeah. I loved those seats. You can see it all. You can, yeah, see, you can see everything. I was on yeah. the second row, but on the side right by where the press box is. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, ooh, I, turns I can out, handle those seats. Turns out those are good seats because I used to be, There's not a you know, I used to sit to front sit row. No. That, was, that was a good seat to have. The one thing I will tell you, though, is the lower you go, the louder it gets. Because yeah. I think yeah. up at the top, you can't hear. I mean, all, you know, all the noise is pointed down at the court. Yeah. So I do feel like the, loader you, the lower you go, the louder it gets. Because this year I was on the 20th row because I was down lower and my kids have to go to the bathroom like every three minutes. <sighs> and I got tired of walking up and down the stairs so we scooted up higher to make it easier for them and you just don't get to hear it quite as well yeah. but you could from a visual standpoint there's not the one thing i do there. like about being down low too though is you get a real perspective of how big you guys are like yes. that's something that is is kind of lost on people if you're not either lower or passing you on campus. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, there's no question. It's crazy because even here as, at this tournament, like we're standing up above and I'm watching Gary play. I'm like, man, he doesn't 
look as big as he used to look. But, but it's like nine, I was sitting two, down on the front row. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then you walk down there and he, yeah, he's towering. Well, over people say people. that about Sam Merrill, you know? Yeah. Sam yeah. Exactly. Sam's what? Six, four, six, five. Yeah. Sam, Sam's I mean, got me by like four inches. He's, yeah. you know, Sam's a big kid. And even today, someone's like, man, I didn't realize Danny Berger was that. I tall. know. Yeah. A lot of people thought that. Eight, seven, eight rows, nine rows up. Plus, you don't get to see that. And everybody yeah. looks like they're about the same size, but it's a bunch of big athletic dudes it's, running it around. It is. It is. Even Brian Green, I was like, I remember thinking, because he's so much shorter he looks than tiny. everyone does. He looks so small. Yeah. And then you like, I met him the first time on campus that uh, his senior year, and I was like, Whoa, no, that's not, he's not a small person at all. No. So it's, it's, that's one thing I do like about sitting low is it it is loud, but it's also like, oh, this is a, like you, you can see the battles, like when Ty Wesley's like digging an elbow into, you know, somebody all night long and it just wears on him by the second half. We're yelling something at that person and calling him some new name that we came up with. And it's, it's fun to hear the talk. It is. It's fun to hear. I'm glad people can't hear most of the talk because uh, I, like I said, I don't want to embarrass myself. And you say things every once in a while you kind of regret. And yeah, I, I said yeah. some pretty ridiculous things, but it was just it was fun to hear sure. people, you know, John at each other. And then if you sit close to the the other team's bench, yeah. Oh, yeah. that was where those guys oh, yeah. those guys are fun to watch because the students will get. At them, they do. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I sat there. They, they do. At them. Yeah, no, I remember do. the first time I sat there. It was like Foff <laughs> and a few of the other. Like for me, they were the OGs of the front row, just because like when I came, they were already established there. But they, I sat down on the second row, right by the visiting bench, and I was just like, I was laughing the whole time because like, man, they're just attacking these dudes, and they were laughing back because like some of the stuff that you come ridiculous. up with this is just well, so there dumb. Was, but you know, the last game I played in at home before I got hurt my senior year was BYU at home. Gross. Oh. And that was that was the game. You're supposed that, to uh, say the team down south. Well, I'll no, say I'm just kidding. I'll say BYU because it was the game that Brandon Davies was there, and things got. Oh. Things got a little crazy. Yeah, that, Maybe even a little overboard. That, I, you know, that game has been credited with killing the spectrum. And I don't agree. I, I think I don't know. I think that there's <laughs> there's opinions of apologies that were issued and did that kill the spectrum? Yeah. I you know I think that the fact of what really killed the spectrum is people want to see the team win. Yeah. And you know yeah. we we didn't win a few games that we should have that year, and then we had a couple tough years. And I and think there was that some, there was some pretty hard. Uh, Injuries, you know, yeah, for the tough next, injuries. Right next few years. I mean, you know, I feel bad for Coach Durier. Coach Durier is a great friend. I love him. I love you him know, too. I think he's a great coach, and he had a, a rough run. He had lots of injuries. Yep. Uh, he had guys, you know, the whole Colette uh, yep. bullcrap yep. move. I tell David right now, I don't think that he did that the right way. I don't know all the specifics behind it, but I don't know that it's right to leave on your team a, a week or so before practice starts. And, and you, you, it's hard for a coach to rebalance and to bounce back from those right. types of things and to all of a sudden go into a season. But, um, you know, the yeah, it's yeah, yeah, tough thing. Very tough. But it's good to see glimpses of it coming back. Like the, the San Diego State game I watched on TV and then I came up for the Nevada game. And I, me and Bill were there, and we talked after, and we were like, "This." I mean, we've mentioned this almost every podcast, yeah. but it feels like it's back. Yeah, like, oh, and it, it was a, it, it, like you said, said it, it roll into next season. Yeah, and, and the reason it's back is because Coach Smith again has a bunch of of less athletic, chip smaller, on their shoulder, chip on their shoulder yep. type players. Yep. I mean, you know, I love Justin Bean. Justin yeah. Bean, yeah, he's you know, walk on player yeah. that just he's not the most skilled player but he plays hard. Uh you look at a guy like Sam Merrill and I I think Sam personally I think Sam is a top 5 player to ever play at Utah State. Um I think he's a better all-around basketball player than JC Carroll. Um JC is a legend obviously, the all-time right. leading scorer here, but I think all around Sam's a better player. But you look at Sam, Sam doesn't have the body. Yeah. You know, I mean 6'5", you know, not super athletic but just a small
smart, good basketball player. And what was fun and what brings people back is when they can tell the players care. Yeah. And they play with energy and they play with fire and they knock guys on the ground and yep. they get, you know, diving for balls. Those are the things that bring people back. You know, the one play this year that I remember vividly is, was San Diego State. It was the first half. We made a run in that first half. And uh, San Diego brought the ball down just over half court trying to call timeout. And Sam kept pressuring the kid with the ball. And finally the kid got uh, frustrated and just forearm shoved Sam on the yeah, ground and the ref called him for an offensive foul and the spectrum went crazy and coach Smith was at half court picking Sam up off the ground before anyone even knew what happened I mean that's what that's what people like to see yeah coach Smith's fired up Sam's fired up the whole I team's love fired watching up. coach Smith yeah I do too. very I do. charismatic I was gonna say yeah. to have to go from like the Stu Morrill era to to coach Smith which we hope to be a long era but sure the charismatic we hope. Like, coach smith we hope i know i know <laughs> i i uh yeah it's really kind of refreshing because sure. i i don't think he's like any coach i've ever seen at, at that level like as far as joking around with the post game interview like the the yeah. media and things like that like i loved it like I, I can't remember which game it was it was the was it the semifinals when he walks up and he's on cbs national tv and while they're on air you hear him ask the the reporter like, "Does this shirt stink?" <laughs> and he's like, "No, you smell fine." And he's like, and then he's like, "Okay, good. I was worried about that." And then he puts his arm around the guy, and like that—that's just so different. Like I've never seen. That's what I think. I think the students are buying into it too because yeah. you see Coach Smith, and I know back in the the heyday of the spectrum, anytime Stu was like raising his yeah. arms, like get getting the crowd into it. The crowd responded, and Coach Smith like sure. does that not just like he literally does it, but I think he's doing it every time he talks to the media. He's like, this, "The fans make this place special," yeah. like, and I think that that's helping with that. Regardless of you know some of these big wins obviously help. We had I went to the NCAA tournament game. I happened to be out there for work, so I went to that, and I was really impressed with how many people we had there. The sure. chants were still loud, so. Hopefully, uh, I think just based off of his charisma and stuff, I think he's going to keep a lot of people interested and in coming to see how, how well, things go in the spectrum. And I think that one of the I think that one of the misnomers is that the spectrum brings the energy to the to the game. It's backwards. The team brings the energy, and if the team has the energy, then the spectrum starts to feel the energy, yeah. Yeah, and then absolutely. they start to feed off each That's other. A good point. If you've got a team that comes out absolutely. flat and they're not playing hard and they don't act like they care and they're a bunch of selfish jerks, it's not going to happen. But right. if you've got guys that are diving on the floor and punt, throwing punches yep. and fighting back, you know. That's and what, that's and what I, brings the energy. Yeah. And I think sometimes it can be reciprocal, too. No just, question. You know, yeah. like no question. You guys fire uh, us up as the fans. No question. And then it's got to be – it's got to fire you up to be in, oh in that gosh. environment, you know, to to look up to, you know, 10,000 people going nuts. I will never forget my freshman year. We played Nevada. Uh, played Nevada at home. I remember And, that. Uh, you know, the, game was, the oh, game was tied. 2009. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah I was 2009, you know, yeah. Stevon Williams hit a layup. Oh, my uh, gosh. Hit a layup. Yes. Then he comes, so it gets, you know, it gets loud. We're up two. <laughs> then he comes down and hits a three, and it gets really loud. And the ESPN announcers are talking about how, we, you know, Coach Fox needs to call a timeout. But Coach Fox wasn't going to do that because he had just got done saying how the spectrum wouldn't affect the game. And, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Luke Babbitt got the ball and went up for a dunk, and I blocked Luke's dunk. <laughs> Yep. And at that point, you know, it went from a loud to like this. It, I can't describe it. Yeah. It, was a, it wasn't even it wasn't even loud. It was like a it was like a buzz, just <laughs> and then we came down and Stevon hit that third. Yeah, or second I remember three. that one. And seriously, man, the floor. Was, oh people gosh. think we're exaggerating, but the floor was vibrating. You could literally that. feel the floor vibrating. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, it was game over. Dude, it was I game love over. The pictures, the pictures of the the towel boys. 
all, all of them with their, their, oh, yeah, all yeah, their yeah. ears are sure. covered because yeah, I mean, it is so loud and they're they're just kind of wincing, you know. I would have loved to have known how loud it really was yeah. there and how we that need decibel and meters. how that compared to you know stadiums and the t- the loudest yeah. times. I mean, I was at like the, the national championship game a couple years ago when Villanova hit the oh, yeah, buzzer yeah. meter to beat North Carolina, uh-huh. and the gym was so big the sound didn't even compare. Yeah. I mean. I have never been in an athletic situation in which it was as loud as it was in 2009 against Nevada. Unbelievable. I think, I think that's a lot of people's, like, that's one of their, like, ep- most epic moments in the spectrum, both as a, as a fan. Yeah, I watched that athlete. horrible quality YouTube video. I did too. I watched it, it all the time. Me chills. It does. I mean, it does. <laughs> it still gives me chills. It was just yeah. so absolute. You know, I think the team feeds the spectrum, and then the spectrum, you know, the spectrum feeds the team. Yeah. And it's a, yeah. Just keeps going. Speaking of feed, I think they should keep updating the the concessions. I think <laughs> they're getting some better ones, so they yeah, got to keep that good. going. That's good. There. What uh, <laughs> what about where where did you guys play? Did anybody match up to our environment? Not did even you, close. Was no. it what was the best, and how and how would you compare it? Um, like, did you ever Nevada, play in the pit? Nevada, I didn't play in the pit. You know, Nevada Nevada was always a really good atmosphere, but it was. A bunch of older, it was season ticket holders. Maybe yeah, okay, I mean they yeah. had some students, but it wasn't the same. And they and all they, could be drunk. They too. were also drunk. They were also drunk. And you know, New Mexico State was a really crude, vile type place. I mean, yes. they chant things that if we chanted here, I mean, people thought what was chanted at the BYU game at home was bad. Yeah. And what was disgusting is if they heard what's said at other games, it's not even in the same realm. I mean, it's you know, you go to New Mexico and they'll chant "F Utah." Yeah. Uh, they all dress up as Mormon missionaries with their beers and they're chanting and screaming things yeah. and. Um, New Mexico, I hate New Mexico State. I always hated New Mexico State. We loved beating those guys. Yeah. That was always a red blood battle. Um, New Mexico was tough. Nevada was tough. Uh, playing at St. Mary's, that was an unbelievable atmosphere. It, do they, it looks like they have a pretty small gym. It's like yeah. a high school gym. Um, I don't remember how many it holds. It might hold like four or 5,000. Yeah. But it's like the spectrum, and the, it's right on top of you, and the ceiling is right on top of the top-level seats, and so it's loud. St. Mary's was a great atmosphere. Uh, we got to play there That's twice. Cool. We won one, lost one there. Um, that was an amazing atmosphere. Uh, and then, you know, March Madness. I mean, yeah, March yeah. Madness. There's something special. It still doesn't compare. It still does not compare. Yeah, because I, I think I went to the ones that you went to. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's a really cool atmosphere. It's a really sure. fun Spokane a um, couple times in Tucson, right? Uh, yeah. Tucson, Boise, and Spokane. Oh, yeah, Boise. Boise. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I listened to every, I had to work that day at the Boise and I listened and to it on the it radio. Off? I couldn't. I was so poor at the time. <laughs> but it was uh I don't know. It was it was a it it's was just, a different level, but different. it but it was not quite what the spectrum is. No, it it was it's not even close from an energy standpoint, you know. Yeah. So so no, I you know, honestly, and announcers have said this. I think you've got, I think you've got Cameron Stadium that yeah. is wild every night, which uh, is tiny, which is tiny. I've been in there. I think you've it's got tiny. Cameron, which is wild. I think you've got some of those big schools that are wild. But I think when the spectrum is itself, I think it's a top five for sure, a top ten venue in the country. Yeah. Um, it doesn't even compare. Yep, I think it. I think it rivals anybody. I do too. No question. When it's rocking, it's rocking. Yeah. yeah. And that Nevada, this last Nevada home game. It was as good as any we've had. It was awesome. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I just came home with a smile on my face, and I just kept telling my wife how fun it was. I'm like, that was so yeah. fun. That was so yep. fun, you know? And it was fun to see everybody on the court afterwards. You Absolutely. Because yeah. there, was, there was a bunch of old Aggie players. Yep. In fact, I have a picture of all of us with yeah. Stu. Yeah, that was good. Um, you know, that yep. was 
I look tiny next to everybody. <laughs> not That's saying something, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> I guess not necessarily. I'm still a big guy, but just not tall. You guys just dwarf me, man. But um, yeah. So so now, so moving past basketball, um, yeah. where are you at? What you doing? Life's just gotten better. Um, we love the valley so much. Uh, we decided to stay. So my wife's from Orm, and I'm from Twin. Like I said, uh, we didn't want to leave, um, and so I. Like I said, I got my degrees in finance and economics and then some education outside of Utah State. Uh, I went to work with a financial planning firm uh, that was out of Boise and had an office here. Spent a couple years there. Felt like there was a little bit more to the business. Uh, I think I said earlier that my mission presence, the one that kind of changed my, my yeah. realm. Uh, two years out of college, I actually merged with my mission president. Uh, so we're now, I'm actually a partner in the firm with him. Oh, wow. Um, so we're an asset management financial planning firm. You know, we, we oversee well over a billion dollars in assets, uh, work on That's comprehensive financial yeah. planning uh, for our clients. Um, I get to work with lots of fans and boosters and friends uh, yeah. Um, yeah. that have all turned into family. You know, we get yep. to know them on a very personal level. Uh, I've been stupid blessed there. Um, I love what I do. I've been very fortunate. Um, it's allowed us to, we built kind of our dream house, if you will, in Wellsville. Yep. Uh, we wanted a little bit of space. And so we bought some property out there and built the house on it. We moved out there. You still got turkey out there? I got turkey. I got deer. I had a bull moose actually. Oh, did yeah, you? I had a bull oh, moose wow. out there this winter. Um, but, uh, so we're in Wellsville now. We're here in the Valley for good. We're not going anywhere. Uh, we're Aggies, you know, I think forever. Yep. Uh, best things in life is we've got three little kids now. I've got a five-year-old daughter named Gray, a three-year-old daughter named Tess, and a three-month-old boy, Callahan. We call him Cal. Um, I like it. And, and being a dad's the best thing in the world. Uh, it's the hardest thing that there is. But there is nothing better than coming home from work and having my girls come up and give me a hug or, you know, holding Cal and getting him to smile and laugh at me. You know, <laughs> do, the, do the girls play sports, soccer, or anything? So yeah. Gray just started soccer. Nice. And uh, she, in fact, as we're doing this right now, she's in her fourth soccer game. And, uh, you know, it's just fun to watch. Yeah. She, yeah. she looks over every second for approval or disapproval of what <laughs> yeah. she's doing. Um, she's getting better. You know, she's about eight inches taller than every other girl on the soccer field. Big surprise. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, your wife. Jenna's tall. Five yeah, ten. Yeah, Jenna's five yeah. ten. I'm six eight. So I just hope my daughters that don't end up taller than like six foot for their sake, you know, yeah, six yeah, one, yeah. six two would be okay. But um so you know, I, I I like to travel and go different places and it's amazing, you know, Gray's got her first dance recital uh coming up here in a few weeks. And I was dang close to canceling a hunting trip to Spain that I've had for well over wow. a year because you don't want to miss those things. Yeah. It puts things into perspective. You want to be there for your kids. You've got all these hopes for them. Yeah. You know, it's fun to watch them learn and watch them grow. Watch how different they are. Yeah. You know, my two daughters are polar opposites. Really? Uh, they're both fantastic, but Gray is really soft and kind-hearted, and Tess is great, but she stand, I mean, we call her our little cockroach, kind of. If there was a zombie <laughs> apocalypse, she would live. Uh, our whole house gets the flu. She doesn't get it. You know, she's nice. all for standing up to her big sister. I think it's a second child thing, but so no, I've got a, a beautiful family that makes life worth living. Um, it's put everything else into perspective. You know, when work's good or work's bad, you make a lot of money, you don't make any money. It doesn't matter. As long as you, you can provide for your family, it's, it changes things and yeah, it's good. Dude, that's awesome. It's great. That is. Uh, yeah, I've always I've always enjoyed our relationship. I've always enjoyed watching you grow as a player and then just excel as a human being, man. Well, and likewise, <laughs> you've come a long ways. Look I, at you now. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Bill's now married to a beautiful wife. He's yep. killing it. He's lost about fifty or sixty pounds in the last <laughs> few months. He's he's yeah. doing fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving life too, man. And you know, we we hit the me and Kellen like to hit the the golf course a bunch and. 
Um, yeah. I, I rationalize that that's my exercise. But... <laughs> in the golf cart? Well, hey, Walking hold from on the then. golf hold cart on. to the tee box? Is hold that what on. we're doing here? Yes, but we did, last time we played, decide the next time we should go without a cart. But if we go today, we're going to use a <laughs> yeah, cart. Yeah, the next time. <laughs> yeah, so it's the, the next, next time. The next time, time we're going to have a cart. <laughs> the next time we'll just we'll oh, walk, we'll walk it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It's always the next time. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, Brady, thank you so much for taking your time. Absolutely. Chatting with us. Um you know, if if you could just sign us off uh, with with the signature, man, we we would appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and before I do that, I just, you know, I just want to tell people thanks. Um, you know, thanks for the support. Thanks for the the, the love and the good and the bad times. You know, um, because of the people here in the valley and because of the Aggies, we've decided to stay in Aggie and to be here for good. And and we wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for the people. So absolutely. we love Cash Valley. We love the people here, and we're grateful for them. But uh, you know, every Aggie's a legend. What's your story? Awesome. Perfect. Thanks, thanks buddy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.